SMS is the most powerful marketing channel, stronger than ever. The best and most effective personal communication channel. The trials and tribulations of verification. We don't have all the answers. How do you ratchet up the value of every message? Finding that that happy medium is in text. All right. Welcome back to the State of Business Texting Podcast. I am Zach Kunkel. And I'm Caitlin Long. And today we're going to be talking about our favorite text messaging use cases. The texts that are truly unique, they're interesting, they make a real world impact. You can almost think of it as our Valentine's to messaging. Oh, Valentine's, which is perfect because we're recording this in February. Would you look at that? It's like we planned it or something. And as we get started, we really want the takeaway for you as a listener to be inspired, to get creative, to start thinking about maybe some of the use cases that we're talking about today don't apply one-to-one to your business, but maybe some of the thinking, the thought process of truly looking at problems, truly looking at how your application, your product, your business is approaching those, thinking about how could you have a bigger impact with messaging. So Caitlin, as we discuss on here, SMS isn't a new channel. In fact, it's pretty mainstream. And so before we get into some of the the interesting creative use cases, we get texts from a lot of businesses on a daily basis. We all interact with it on a daily basis as a familiar channel that we communicate with our favorite brands. And so when we're thinking about the core use cases that we're not necessarily going to touch on today, but we all interact with, we're thinking about things like marketing, messaging alerts and notifications. And so this is when you're receiving your package updates, when potentially you are getting a shipment confirmation, you know, that could look like e-commerce, retail, e-retail to combine the two, right? (laughs) All of the above. Uh, You also see the appointment reminders, notifications. I interact with my hair salon actually to reschedule my hair appointments, which is way more convenient for me because I'm doing things like recording podcasts during the day or taking meetings all day long. Some other ones would be gig economy. So we're super familiar with those use cases, right? When we're don't have time to cook, you're ordering in for the night and you want to understand where your package delivery person is going to be and where you meet your person with your Vietnamese spring rolls or whatever you're ordering, the flavor of the night, right? So there's lots of different core use cases that we all utilize today. And we're not highlighting some of those just because I think the familiarity is higher, right, Zach? Yep. A hundred percent. And it's the familiarity is high. Just recently this week, actually the day before we're recording this podcast, I got a text message from my dentist at 7.30 at night, right as we're putting our son to bed, that reminded me that I had a dentist appointment the next morning. Had I not gotten that, I wouldn't have shown up. (laughs) And I also would have gotten charged a delay fee or not showing up fee. And so again, not to minimize any of those use cases, but rather just to focus on some use cases you guys are less familiar with. Yeah, less familiar with, or maybe sort of the unsung heroes as well, right? So the, the first use case that we're going to talk about, I, I really appreciate and is also near and dear to my heart. And when we're thinking about ways in which we can utilize messaging, promoting equity and accessibility is a really awesome way to leverage messaging. And so we actually have some education customers that have done this, right? When you think about the education field, my mom's actually a teacher. She teaches in a rural school district and these kids have limited access to, you know, internet. They have limited access to devices at home. When the pandemic happened, 
that really disproportionately affected a lot of these rural areas where technology, internet capabilities and things like that are just more limited. And so we have this really cool customer use case, Zach, I don't know if you want to speak to it a little bit more, that has directly utilized messaging to tackle that. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of what you just hit on, a customer of ours, Dean's List, actually saw the same exact thing. So the problem that they saw was education inequality was happening across the board due to limited teacher resources, due to diverse populations that spoke multiple languages, and just the lack of interactions that are happening from teacher to parent or from parent to teacher. And so Dean's List jumped in and provided a solution to the market that gave the ability for parents and teachers to interact over SMS. And so we're going to listen to the CEO talk a little bit about what is it that Dean's List is doing, and let's hear it from Matt himself. Messaging is frankly transformative in in like the teacher family student relationship. You know, especially in the communities that we serve, internet penetration is lower. Even smartphone penetration is still a little bit lower than you might expect. So the idea that families have to download an app, follow instructions, get you know some sort of validation code or login or sign up process to get linked to their student's account. All of those are barriers and any one of, you know, can cause a family not to get all the way through getting set up on some sort of communication medium. But, you know, the one thing that everybody has and that everybody is comfortable with is is SMS. I love that so much. And Matt, I think hit on probably one of the the key barriers to entry that has led a lot of companies to SMS is that it is probably the most ubiquitous and accessible means of communication for people globally. So we work with an organization called MEF, M-E-F, Mobile Ecosystem Forum, and they they produce a lot of data. And one of the data points that they produced recently was that there are about 5.4 billion devices around the world, mobile handsets, and that continues to rise year on year. And when you think about what Matt was saying, not all of those devices are smartphones. They don't necessarily have access to the internet, but what they do have access to is the ability to send and receive text messages. And so when when I think about inequality in education, making it accessible, making communications possible, SMS really renders the best result for Matt and for teachers at large to communicate with their students and their students' parents. Any place that you think about increasing accessibility in your communications, I think that's the takeaway, is that SMS should be part of that strategy. Pivoting towards our next example that we wanted to highlight, equity, inclusion, accessibility, and communications is important. And as we start to look at the use cases, they can start to look the same. However, I thought this next one was really interesting because it's utilizing some traditional use cases, but in a a different vertical industry that we're looking at. So when we think about the manufacturing and the you know dealership heavy equipment industry, you don't necessarily think about text messaging being part and parcel of that going to market. However, we actually have a use case we're going to talk to you about here in a second where these customers of ours that serve these industries were able to utilize this new channel and means of communication in order to streamline and make more efficient and old process, specifically warranty claims and safety recalls. Yeah. Before we move on, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Dazzling text light, shimmering delivery receipts, a secret paradise. 
Immerse yourself in business messaging with bandwidth. Bandwidth for messaging support that transcends. Have you or a loved one been wronged, neglected, or downright ghosted by undelivered messages? You may be entitled to better support. Deliverabilititis is a rare condition linked to a lack of campaign registration approval, heartburn, and a poor customer experience. Exposure to a bad experience from customers, service providers, competitors to bandwidth, or La Chupacabras may have put you at risk. Please don't wait. Call 1-800-808-5150 for a consultation to see how you can get better messaging support. So the company we're working with right now is a company called Celleride. And exactly what Caitlin said, you don't think about the problem of recalls or defective parts and people not actively responding and jumping at the bit to come get those replaced. But Celleride was looking at how can we address that problem because they weren't seeing a lot of people come in for those recalls or for those needed maintenance routines. So let's hear from the CEO, Josh, talk a little bit about Celleride and how they're approaching this problem and the results that they've seen. We're a little unique because we are a safety messaging campaign. We do not market through our campaigns. We are specific about that. There is no marketing message. There's no upselling message. It's literally, you've got a recall, you need to go here to get it repaired, and that's it. 27% recall completion rate is unheard of in the way that we do it. Typically, it's about 5 to 10%, and so that's huge. The results, to me, speak for themselves. When we talk about messaging and companies wanting to use messaging, it's because they drive conversions. They drive action that the business really wants, Right. And so for Josh to say, hey, the company or rather industry standard of people actually responding to these recalls being about 5 to 10%, and then the, the results that Celleride has seen is about 27%. That's almost 3x, 4x increase. And so it feels like that speaks for itself. SMS is proving to be a super valuable medium for them. Kaylin, what did you think about what Josh was saying? Yeah, I think that the mutually beneficial angle is incredibly important here. So I actually have a friend that works in the the manufacturing space and is in a dealer network services and dealerships, right? They get paid on these warranty claims. And so there's a reason why you go all the way back to the manufacturer. The manufacturer issues these warranty claims because of safety reasons so that they can help keep us, the consumers, safe, them, the manufacturer, less liable. And then that filters down the train. And then you see individual dealerships that are getting paid for the warranty work. And so this is a situation where it's really everybody wins when a consumer is informed in a method that they are able to actually respond to and is accessible on their their, their mobile device via text message that there is this opportunity for warranty work. They submit the claim. They actually go through the process of having the service done, potentially getting alerts and notifications about their their individual vehicle maybe being ready for service or not. And it's just a, it's sort of a beautiful messaging story where you have benefits all along the chain of communication. I, for one, would love to start getting these text messages. Hit me up, please. <laughs> but I think that the two use cases and the few that we talked about at the beginning those have all been SMS, like really just the words on the screen. But I know that a lot of companies that we talk to, Caitlin, are starting to explore how can we 
create even more rich media and messaging experiences as we look at MMS. We continue to hear that MMS is gaining ground because it's super attractive to providing customers with engaging pictures, engaging videos that really talk through or show people what they're actually needing or looking to do. So one of the customers that we work with, it's named Nimbler. And we talked with Juan Vera, the CEO, and he was sharing a little bit about how they're using MMS to share information like what procedures and what operations the patient might be getting and how to actually prepare better for those. Or another example, I know for for all the doctors that I go and see, they're usually in these medical parks or they're in these large business offices that have multiple floors and people rent out different office suites. And so I don't know whenever I'm going there where I'm exactly going to be walking to. But the way Nimbler has approached that problem for these patients is they actually send maps and diagrams ahead of time that talk you through and show you exactly where you should park, what elevator to take, what door to go in from, what floor they're on, and then where to actually walk. So they're trying to provide these images and these more interactive maps to show people where to actually go. That's a really cool use case. I mean, you could actually use that realistically anytime you ever had a situation where you were helping consumers, users navigate big campus environments. I mean, that could be universities, that could be doctors, healthcare, even big giant enterprises, enterprises with huge campuses and complexes. Like think about going in for an interview. If you work at one of these large fortune 500 companies. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. It's a great example of appointments and how to navigate those and some of the the interesting use cases with follow-ups and things like that in the, in the healthcare space. We also see the need for MMS acutely for engagement in the e-commerce space. So in particular, think about just you as a consumer, the evolution of communication during the Black Friday, Cyber Monday, retail extravaganza (laughs) that we all experience at the end of the year, and how much more visual that has gotten over the last just couple of years that you've been interacting. And it's almost to the point where now every single, whether they're e-commerce or actual brick and mortar retail stores, have some type of campaign where they're sending you interactive media via text message and you'll get a separate incentive to actually subscribe via text message, I've noticed in particular over the last couple of years. And so with that, they see higher conversion, higher engagement, higher reaching out opt-in, like you want to actually receive the messages and interact with those messages. It's just more appealing than words in a message when you're thinking about buying and inspiring that type of action. We also have a large payments platform customer that just recently introduced MMS into their flow and have seen really great success and astronomical adoption across their platform as well, where they're utilizing this more engaging, rich content for for users and consumers. I do want to take us back to what you were talking about a little bit earlier, Zach, with the essentially like a hospitality use case when you're trying to provide maps, for example, in the MMS space to users. We actually have a couple of really cool hospitality specific examples. And I would love for you to highlight Kipsu. Yeah, happy to. So Kipsu is a customer of ours that essentially bare bones, they provide like 
a text messaging concierge service. So think about every time you you check into a hotel, your probably first immediate action is you go up to your room, you you drop your stuff off, and you probably take a, a look around and you want to make sure, is this room clean? Do I have all the, the things that I need? Towels, shampoo, did you forget toothpaste? Maybe you need that. And so really what Kipsu provides is a way for you as a, a visitor of that hotel to get into contact with the front desk staff as quick as possible. And so I know that I personally have have used Kipsu. One of their largest customers is Hilton. So every time you are you're staying at, at Hilton and you're using this kind of digital concierge service, you are leveraging Kipsu's platform as they use SMS to to better give you a better customer experience as you stay there. Yeah, I really love this use case. I have actually experienced this use case directly in another fashion recently, not necessarily through Kipsu and hospitality in the hotel space, but I am the proud owner of a 1950s single family home and have become a bit of a Mrs. Fix-It and (laughs) frequent the home goods stores in my neck of the woods. And so I actually have found myself in a very sort of hospitality, text-driven engagement conversation with the lumber yard at my local home improvement store recently. Lumber yard. Uh, Didn't have that on my bingo card for you, Caitlin. (laughs) I'm just I'm full of surprises, Zach. But it's it's the same it's the same exact use case where you're utilizing the channel for this sort of concierge element, where they're helping me to navigate their options. They're making sure that they know that they're there for me as I navigate this just lovely home improvement project that I've committed myself to. Love that story, Kaylin. One thing I do want to talk about related to to Kipsu in particular is. We're talking a lot about the concierge dynamic, but really when when we work with Kipsu, the biggest problem that they were seeing hotels had was that guests were having these problems of room was dirty, towels weren't there, I didn't have the shampoo I needed. And those guests were going ahead and posting on TripAdvisor or Google reviews or any of the like. And at that time, the hotel wasn't able to take any action on it because it had already been posted. It had already been done. Their stay was already over. And so as Kipsu was thinking about how do they help hotels address that problem, it was let's get them in contact. Let's get these people who are staying at these hotels in contact with the front desk staff at a time where they can actually take action, at a time where they can actually come interact directly with guests make sure that they have the best customer experience that is possible for them and that Kipsu can actually have a direct correlation on the ratings that these hotels really judge themselves off of. It's kind of like their KPI that they're looking at. And Kipsu was actually able to show a direct correlation on the ratings that a number of their customers are experiencing. Yeah, it's immediacy. The immediacy of that resolution is driven inherently by the conversation that you're actually having with that concierge representative of whatever business that you're dealing with. Exactly. And so hospitality being really kind of hinging upon it being conversational, me and another person on the other end, I'm expressing my problem to them, conversational in nature. We're going to kind of flip the script and talk a little bit about another industry and some interesting use cases that are happening there in fintech. And so what we're going to focus on right now is 
the buy now, pay later use case. So if you've bought anything online in the past couple of years, you've not only seen the option to obviously put in your credit card information and buy it, but you've probably also seen the ability to buy in installments, essentially. So if you're making a $1,000 purchase, maybe you want to break that up into chunks with a 0% interest loan. And you're actually now able to do that with these, these buy now, pay later providers. But something that I think is really interesting, and Caitlin, we've talked a lot about is how these buy now, pay later companies, providers, they can look really similar to those of debt collectors. And just saying those words, they feel so different. But a lot of people in the industry right now look at them almost as synonymous. And I know that we've been on a journey to elaborate a little bit of how are they different and why are they different? And so what do you think about that and some of the reasons why they're different? Yeah. Truly differentiated. They kind of look similar from a first glance perspective. I think if you've been in the messaging ecosystem for a while, you know that the debt collection use case is one that immediately triggers concern because of the nature of the traffic not being wanted. And this goes all the way back to the voice space. How many people love being called by duck collectors? I mean, not very many. And so as the ecosystem in the industry starts to crack down on opting in, true opt-in, no third-party lead generation or affiliate marketing, meaning I, as a consumer, I'm directly opting in to those that are communicating with me. The tease out between the buy now, pay later use case and the debt collection use cases is very important. I just like to say layaway because it's the same mm-hmm. thing. It's the same thing, right? Like when you went to like Kmart as a kid, remember Kmart? That was a thing at one point. <laughs> and so you could lay away an item and yep. pay on it over time. I think the difference now is that you get the item, you're able to actually purchase the item and and then make those sort of payments over time. A stat that I found incredibly interesting and shocking, honestly, is that from an Entrepreneur Magazine article, it was 40% of households earning $100,000 and up use buy now, pay later services, which is wild to me and speaks to sort of just the adoption that you've seen. Think about as a consumer, the last time that you went and checked out for an even medium large item, you would have seen probably powered by X brand at time of checkout, the fact that you could divide whatever that you were purchasing up into seven EBC installments of whatever. Mm -hmm. Real story, I have a very egregiously expensive hand-carved wooden bed in my shopping cart at Anthropology. It's it's a little excessive. And every time I go to look at it, they tempt me with the whole, oh, do you really, you maybe you want to buy it from us and contract with this other company to, to break it up into payments. And so I think that's the key. That's the important part is that when you get to that point of your purchase, you're actually agreeing with both the entity that you're purchasing from, yep. maybe anthropology for a very expensive wooden bed. Just and maybe. Maybe, Just I maybe. don't know, who knows. And then this other entity to actually be able to finance it. And you're entering into a business relationship with both and you're opting into both. Yeah. And in case we didn't hit it, the traffic from these buy now, pay later, they would just be reminding you, Caitlin, yeah. about this very nice handcrafted anthropology bed right. that you have purchased obviously, and that you need to make payments on, right? So it is, it's traffic that you have opted into you want to be reminded so that you don't enter into bad graces with anthropology or any of the other providers that you might be working with. It's a traditionally 
messaging use case, alerts and notifications, something that we're not unfamiliar with, right? But it's one that's just attached to a new and emerging industry that we are becoming more and more familiar with. So we have covered a lot of ground in this podcast. Caitlin, really want to turn it over to you. Maybe we could share just like, what's one big takeaway that you have as we've been talking, or maybe that you want listeners to, to have as they've been listening? I think helping your own customers really think outside the box with regards to use case is important. As humans, we get into a rut with what we know and thinking that that necessarily can't expand outside of what the individual application of those use cases are. However, I think just as we've highlighted today, you have your traditional use cases, alerts, notifications that can be used across lots of different industries. And it seems innovative because the processes are so archaic or maybe just so inefficient potentially like the the warranty claims, right? Or the safety recalls, you know, increasing the equity and accessibility, like not utilizing necessarily a net new technology messaging, but it's really looking at places where we can close those equity and accessibility gaps. So are you in an industry that is looking to close those gaps? Think about how messaging could help do that. Are you in an industry where communication is part and parcel for you to make money and achieve ROI, like most likely? And so how could you potentially integrate messaging into the communication flow that may not be serving your purpose? So I think it's incumbent upon us as a communication service provider. Also, you know, our listeners, our customers that are then going out and serving these enterprises that are looking at those use cases. That's kind of what I would leave you with is think about ways that you can help your customers imagine new and cool use cases with an existing technology. Yeah. And as we were going through each of these examples and these stories, all these companies were doing was looking at the problem that they set out to solve when they founded this company. And they started looking around and thinking about how can we leverage exactly what you were saying, a very accessible medium, a very engaging communication channel to solve some of these problems. Some of them are just finding your way to the to the office by which you want to get seen at the doctor. Some of them are even more pertinent to my friend Caitlin, where she's looking to buy this handcrafted <laughs> expensive bed. But all these companies are looking to to solve a problem and they're looking to use texting in a creative and engaging way. Maybe the final thing I'd add there is that as a product person, as a previous product marketing person, sharing is caring. Use cases are incredibly important and sharing how you are solving your own problems and how your customers are solving your own problems, it's the greatest form of sort of the crowdsource brainstorm because you don't know what will light a fire with someone. And that is going to be a wrap on today's episode, but we are going to keep the love alive to be sure. So tune in next week as we're going to be talking about all things messaging in healthcare with Mrs. Kim Howland from Rectangle Health. And don't forget, the State of Messaging Report is live at stateofmessaging.com. I mean, it may not be chocolate, but at least it's not those candy hearts. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and listening, and we will talk to you guys next time. Till next time.